Hey everybody, it's Doug. Just want to let you know before we start this episode, we had a little bit of a technical problem with Jason's microphone this time around. So you'll notice as you listen or watch, it kind of sounds like Jason's talking like in the next room over or something like that. Uh, we know it's messed up. We made some kind of mistake when we set up and sound checked, uh, but we've fixed the problem. Won't be a problem in future episodes, but this is such a great episode. Of course, we're going to air it anyway. Just know that when Jason talks, it's going to sound a little funny, sound a little bit quiet. We're fully aware. You don't need to comment. You don't need to email. You don't need to do anything. We've got it fixed for the rest of our episodes, but didn't want you to be surprised by that. So as you listen, just know it's nothing weird with your device. It's just a little bit of a technical issue on our side. I know you'll still really enjoy this episode, so please enjoy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I'm joined by my friend. Jason, I, 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 did, I, I didn't know if you were going to say it or if I, I didn't want to talk uh, yeah. over you, but I'm back. Yeah. Jason's back. Yeah, welcome back, dude. Thanks. How are you dealing with that new dog of yours? Yeah, we got a new puppy, me and my wife, and uh, he is adorable. Uh, he has some pretty bad separation anxiety, but that's the only thing. That no incontinence so far? No, he has not had a single accident in the house, which we couldn't be uh, happy No, your about. life is really going. Well, I, I mean, yes. Your life is going <laughs> well. Yes, we're happy. And you just got back from vacation? I did. How was that? Yeah, we Palm just went Springs? to Palm Springs. It was good. We got a break from the heat. It didn't get over like 100 and... Nine the whole time we were there, so that's pretty good. That just it's pretty good. Makes my skin crawl just hearing that hot. I'm not a hot guy, and neither are you. So no, I'm not. But anyway, we do have the uh, third mic up today. So if you are watching, that obviously, oh, there's a guest coming. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Yeah, today we're continuing our conversation on the mind. Last week, if you remember, we talked to Pastor Tom Holiday, and we're, we've kind of broken the mind into two chunks. Yeah. And last week uh, we talked about how we can kind of strengthen and cultivate and build our mind over time, how God has called us to be, you know, the Christian faith is an intellectual faith. God hasn't called us to shut our brains off when we become Christians at all. And so there's an intellectual growth to our faith and to our discipleship walk. And then there's also the, so along with the cultivating side, there's also the side uh, which is about protecting the mind. So just like we said in two episodes ago when we talked about the mind, how uh, if you were cultivating a field or if you were, you know, to use agricultural terms, if you were trying to, to to grow a healthy crop, you would first give the crop what it needed to grow and to succeed, but you would also try to protect it from the things that would ruin it over time. And so we've kind of said the same thing about the mind. The mind has to be invested in and grown, but it also has to be protected against the things that will sort of damage it over time and damage our intimacy with God over time. Uh before we get any further, I want to talk about some book recommendations that we didn't get to yeah. last week. I want to make sure we touch on. Uh, the first one is one of the great classic devotional works uh, by Oswald Chambers. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. It's been talked about a couple times on our show. Uh, one of those was with John Cassetto, and I think we've talked about it uh, one or two other times as well. But it is probably the most celebrated Christian devotional work. It'll take you through a 365-day, once-a-day devotional schedule for the year. Small devotionals, very brief. You can read them you know, just quickly in the morning, um, but it's a great way to get the habit of quiet time going. Uh, that's one that you'd really love. And the second one is uh, The Case for the Real Jesus by Lee Strobel. Uh, and last week, Pastor Tom talked about Lee Strobel uh, when we were talking on, we talked briefly on the topic of apologetics, giving an answer for our faith in responding to the uh, to the critiques or to the objections against Christianity. And Lee Strobel has written the case for 
practically everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the latest like one, I believe, one, I yeah, I think the latest one is the case for the real Jesus. So you can pick those up if you're in the Lake Forest area. You can get those on the Lake Forest patio in our bookstore. You might be able to find them at your Saddleback Campus bookstore if you've got one. Or, of course, you can just get these on Amazon or Audible, however you like to consume your books. Anyway, what are we talking about today, Jason? Today we're going to uh, talk about the other part of mind uh, of the conversation that we started a couple weeks ago, and that's the mm-hmm. idea of guarding your mind. So how can we gain a mastery over our thought life? How can we maintain minds that are devoted to honoring God when we are constantly surrounded by opposite influences? And how can I conquer destructive habits of behavior and or thought? So we are hmm. going to learn some mind self-defense right here. Yeah. I have a third, second degree yellow belt. You do? From when I was like, you know, 10. Oh, okay. But I do not fear you. We are going to learn some <laughs> mind self-defense mastery today. Yeah. We have a special guest who's going to be joining us. Yeah, we're going to be joined in just a second by our good friend, Johnny Baker. Johnny leads Celebrate Recovery along with his dad, John. And today it's our great privilege to talk with him. He's going to teach us some mental jujitsu to help protect your mind. It just might save your life someday. You so stay with us. I'm not going to woo. <laughs> We're back with our good friend Johnny Baker. Welcome, Johnny. Hey guys, how's it going? Really good. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being having here. me. This is awesome. I'm a little nervous because you guys were talking about like mental jujitsu, and that's, <laughs> that's a little intimidating. But yeah, we decided to go a little sensational with the title. Yeah, that's today. great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> self defense. Yeah, Johnny Baker. I'm just glad we're not like in a. There's no mats on the ground or anything like that. I well, I think if people are watching on YouTube and they can see you, they know that if anyone in this three was going to teach anybody how to defend themselves, it would be you to it's, us. Yeah, it's all it's all just a full it's a facade. facade. <laughs> yeah, it's a full facade. I am a teddy bear. Well, it's working because yeah. my heart rate has increased. <laughs> hey, would you share a little bit about just your, your story? Tell us about um, just kind of the broad strokes of your story and then how you became, how you came to lead CR the way you do. Yeah, totally. So... Um, you mentioned Celebrate Recovery, and Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step ministry for anybody with a hurt, hang-up, or habit. And, mm. and so um, my parents actually started the ministry in 1991 here at Saddleback, and um, I grew up in it. I mm. was a, I was 14 at the time. I For some reason, they wouldn't leave me alone on Friday nights at the house. They were smarter <laughs> than that. And um, and so I was dragged to recovery with them and went to uh, went through the steps as uh, what we call a codependent, which is somebody who's in a relationship with somebody who's got issues. Mm. Um, that's sort of the briefest explanation of that. Yeah. Um, and had a foundation for that. Years later, uh, in my 20s, I moved to LA and I was trying to be an actor and doing all this stuff. And um, on my own for the first time, four bars within walking distance. And what had been occasional drinking had flared into full-on alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even when I moved home and uh, eventually met my my wife, who was then my girlfriend and my uh, fiance, I was lying and hiding the drinking. Mm-hmm. I got arrested for a DUI in 1999. Um, she got pregnant with our first daughter. And there was this moment I'll never forget of thinking if she goes into labor, she was brand new pregnant. So it wasn't, sure. wasn't really going to happen, but yeah. it, it, I couldn't be the one to drive her to the hospital. One thing mm. I did was when I got my DUI, I didn't stop drinking. I just stopped drinking and driving. So if I, <laughs> if I got a, um, if I had a drink, I wouldn't drive anymore. And that was just out of stubbornness because everybody told me I'd have more than one DUI. And I was like, I'll show you, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so, um, right, exactly. I was like, the problem is driving. The drinking is fine. Uh, and so um, I, I decided I needed to stop drinking, but I couldn't stop drinking. 
And mm-hmm. so um, I went uh, exact. I went right to my dad, and I just said, "Hey, I'm having a problem with this. How do I, how do I stop?" And so mm-hmm. he lovingly guided me through the process. Yeah. And um, at the time, I was working at a restaurant, and um, really loved it. Was like, I want to own a restaurant. I want to do the whole thing. I was a manager, the whole deal. Sweet. And on the way to work one day, I couldn't come to church on Saturday nights and I couldn't come to church on Sunday mornings because I ended up always closing the restaurant on Saturday night because I was the lowest manager on the totem pole. So yeah. I got the job nobody wanted. And then Sunday morning I had to open. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> it was basically I'd come home, sleep a couple hours, wake up and go back to work. And uh, my wife and I had just gotten in a, to call it an argument would be strong. Just sort of like she was just saying like, you know, when are you going to get to go to church with us? How's this going to work? Mm-hmm. And she was proud of me for working on my recovery. But at the same time, she was like, when, when are we going to get to do this together? Yeah. And on the way to work that day, um, I felt God call me back into ministry. And for some reason, I thought his voice was coming through the radio. So I turned the radio off and I just said, <laughs> no, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to get in ministry. I'd served in Sorry, ministry. Sorry, God, can't hear you. Yeah, exactly. You're like, breaking oh, up. I'm going to turn on yeah. something else. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, But when I got to work that day, the joy and the love that I had for the job was gone, just mm. straight gone. And um, I had this thing where I'd walk around and I would shake hands with all the cooks and all the waiters and all that kind of stuff, the servers, all that kind of stuff. And I went to, I'll never forget her name was Erica. I shook her hand and I said, hey, good to see you. Good morning. And she said, you know what you remind me of when you do that? And I said, no, what's that? She said, a pastor. <laughs> and so I ran to the office and cried. Yeah. <laughs> and so just began that that search seeking out process. And because mm. I've been working in recovery and, um, you know, all these different things, I started working for Celebrate Recovery, and uh, gosh, you know, in 2005, 2004, 2005 area, um, and uh, sort of just started as the assistant to the assistant and answering Mm -hmm. phone calls and emails and learning about recovery, not just as a personal thing, but as a ministry, Mm -hmm. and um, did seminary and did all that kind of stuff, and now I'm the pastor of Celebrate Recovery here at Saddleback, and I'm on the national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is now not just at our churches, in thirty thousand churches all over the world. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I get to train and do all that kind of stuff, and it's completely changed my life. And yeah. the weird thing is, so when when I first started. I'm so used to the celebrate recovery thing. Like I'm used to saying who I am in the celebrate recovery language. Yeah. So I, can I do that? Just yeah. a little more. Okay. So I'm that's gonna, your camera, right? So there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say who I am, and when I'm done, you guys just say hi, Johnny. Would that work out? Yeah. Make me feel so good. Okay. So <laughs> hi, guys. My name is Johnny. I'm a believer. I struggle with alcoholism and codependency. Hi, Johnny. Okay. Now you're a part of celebrate recovery. So right on. Whether you like to or not. So we're initiated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the story in yeah. a nutshell. Real quick, before we get too far, uh, Jason's got a question locked and loaded, but I, I want to throw a second one in here, which is, can you can you kind of, can you blow up uh, some misconceptions that exist around Celebrate Recovery yeah, real quick? Yeah, sure. Because I think one big one is that Celebrate Recovery is a place for people who are addicted to a substance. Right. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Totally. Yeah, and it is. I mean, 100% it is for people yeah. who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, but um, just out of the, the people who attend Celebrate Recovery here at Saddleback, one third of them are struggling with the drug or alcohol issue. The rest wow. of them are coming for other issues. The biggest, the the fastest growing group right now is for sexual addiction, men and mm-hmm. women. Um, uh, with the internet and the availability of pornographic materials and, yeah. and you know, uh, Facebook and all those things yeah. where you can meet up with people. Um, that is just off the charts. Uh, but we also have groups, like I said, for codependency, for people mm-hmm. who have basically codependency is people issues, yeah. you know, and we, we say it this way, celebrate recovery is for anybody with a hurt, hang up or habit. 
And the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which means yeah. we've all been hurt by people and we've all hurt other people. Mm. So everybody qualifies for and are hurting people totally, 100%. in real time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Right. Yeah. And so not everybody needs to be in Celebrate Recovery their entire life, but mm. I think everyone would benefit from a season of Celebrate Recovery, mm. from going through what we call a step study, which is these workbooks that Pastor John has written mm. um, that help us go through um, the steps and principles in a timely fashion. We do everything in groups, men with men, women with women. Mm. And so... Um, you know, uh, it's such a powerful process that anybody, I think, from somebody who goes, oh, you know, I'm I'm pretty well together. I got it. Yeah. I got it going on. Would still benefit from mm. a season in celebrate recovery. And then there's people like me who are just like, no, I'll be here forever. Because mm. it's really this peeling of the onion metaphor, right? Mm. You know, so like, yeah, I showed up for alcoholism, and I've I've done. I'm on my fifth step study, and I mm. don't. I don't talk about alcohol when I do my work now. Yeah. I talk about codependency. I talk about anxiety. I talk about mm. people pleasing. I talk about forgiving people that have hurt me and working on some of those issues. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't continue to look back and say, oh man, I really hope I don't drink today. I don't think about that anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still, I still identify as a believer who struggles in al with alcoholism for a couple reasons. One, I'm a believer, right? Yeah. My, my identity is found in Jesus, not in alcohol. Mm. But I, I have to remind myself that that's a struggle. As soon as I feel like I've beaten it, why can't why not yeah. just go have a beer? Why not yeah. just start again? Now we're on Saddleback staff, so we've got rules and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff that keep us from that as well. Yeah. But if you like your job, right? Exactly. You'll stay yeah. 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 But if I didn't have that, there. If I thought, hey, I've, I've beaten this. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest with you guys, there's that. I could probably drink a beer. Yeah. For a while. Yeah, you know, just have one and just, look. I'd be I've, fine. I've got this. Yeah. I'm beating. I'm. I've. I've overcome. Till I have a really hard day. Like yesterday was a really bad day. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need two that day. Yeah. Maybe I need sixteen. Right. Like yeah. you know, and it gets. It gets <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It gets right back into that old way of thinking. And mm -hmm. as we're talking about our minds, so much of this stuff begins in our minds. It begins yeah. there. It's. Uh. It's not. It, you know, it's not about the action as much as is the the thought process that leads us to the action. So, right. to go back to your question, Doug, yeah, every you know everybody who comes to celebrate recovery is not there for drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Now, thank goodness it is for us, but it's not just for people who struggle with those things. Yeah. My wife has been in celebrate recovery for a number of years now, and she's that's not an issue of hers. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, you know, as we grow and as it goes into different churches and different countries and different languages and all that stuff, we're finding more and more people are like. I need this for me, yeah. you know, for my issue. And what's so cool about that is it's the same material. We mm. don't have material for codependence and people who struggle with anxiety and yeah. So if you and I are brothers and we're, you know, we're struggling with something in our family of origin, we can both go through celebrate recovery for different issues, mm. but have a common language. Yeah. You know, and now we've got material for our kids and our students. And so families can go through this mm. together. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, really breaking through that stigma because I know there are people listening to this or watching this who are like, oh, cool, it's not for me because yeah. I don't struggle with drugs and alcohol and I've got bad news for you. It is for you because yeah. everybody can use this material. Yeah. So. In some ways, in some ways, the people who aren't dealing with like some massive issue are, are in a lot of ways even more vulnerable because they're dealing with subtler issues yeah. that can sometimes be as destructive or even more destructive and yet harder to detect. I mean, right. the, the outworking of alcoholism is a little bit more obvious than someone who's dealing with codependency right. because codependency can can live under the surface so yeah. easily and yet it can wreak havoc on every relationship and on your heart and soul. And, 100%. Yeah. You can jump yeah. from toxic relationship to toxic relationship yeah. and not 
really think you've got a problem. Yeah. And it's all these other people. It's all these yeah. people I'm dating. I, what's wrong with all of them? You yeah. know, and it's like, well, maybe I'm bringing something to the table, you know, right. or like you say, you know, the, um, I've been in recovery for a long time, so I've done a lot of this work, but I know one of my, one of my core issues is anxiety. I'm mm -hmm. a fearful person mm -hmm. and, uh, that's a brain chemistry issue. So I've gotten help with medicine. I've gotten help with counseling, but I also mm -hmm. know when my triggers start and I start getting this sort of response, mm -hmm. I go, okay, what am I anxious of? Well, that's something that's been under the surface for a really long time. Yeah. So there are people who could be, you know, like you say, dealing with issues that seem not as bad. And that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the things too. It's like, well, at least I'm not like this yeah. guy. At least I'm not, I, I might have problems, but I'm not as bad as right. Johnny, or I'm not <laughs> as bad as whoever. And a hundred percent, it's super easy to do. The and Pharisee it, game, Jesus used yeah, like those exact yeah. words. Like, and it feels don't be like so the Pharisees. good. It feels yeah. so good to be like, I'm not as bad as you. So right. I, I don't have to, you know, oh, that, I'm so glad I, that's I for you. I'm it. so oh, glad that you yeah. have that place to go. Right. But I don't need it. Mm. And I'm just like, when, when I hear that stuff, I'm just like, oh my gosh, we have the perfect group for you. You <laughs> yeah. should show up on Friday <laughs> yeah. night. It'd be so amazing, you know? Yeah. So. We're starting an arrogance group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's my card. People who have said that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I heard one time it said that Satan likes to hit us where we think we're the strongest. Mm, yeah. You talked about something along those lines a second ago. And uh, so I think one of the big topics that we're going to be covering today as we, as we dig in is kind of the issue of vigilance, that we have to stay, we got to stay alert right. to what's going on in our, in our minds, especially because, like, as you said, so much, of, so much of our behavior flows from that, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, I think today as we talk about guarding the mind, vigilance or, or being um, sort of uh, just being conscious of what's happening up here and the totally. influences on us are so, so important. Uh, we'll we'll link up in the show notes a link to the Celebrate Recovery's website so Perfect. people who are listening yeah. who are outside our church family can can get plugged in. Sure, there's um, one that is near you. It's in yeah, because it's everywhere. Yeah. What's cool about yeah? Stuff, so. What's cool about the website is you can go on there and there's a group finder in mm -hmm. your area. So by zip code and different ways, you can kind of find a group in your area. So and there yeah. we also have an app which you can download for oh, free. Oh, sweet! I didn't even know and, that. And that's that awesome. that's got that, that on on there as well. So very good. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Well, I think that's the perfect way to start this is, is having this foundation of talking about CR and sure. talking about all, uh, every, everything that we've been talking about for the past few minutes. Um, mm. as, as we dive into this idea of guarding the mind, you know, so both the Old and the New Testaments tell us that God holds us accountable not only for what we do, but mm. also for our internal thoughts and the way that we think in, in passions and things like that. Terrifying. Which is terrifying. <laughs> I know. We truly think yeah, about it. Yeah. But it's the truth. It's in there. It's in the Bible. Yeah. It's like knowing if you're speeding, but you don't have a speedometer. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind exactly. of like, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I'm going fast. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so the question we have here is, is why does God care yeah. about our thought, our patterns of, th of thinking and whatnot? Mm. And what do our inner lives truly reveal about us? Yeah. I think, you know, I think the the whole the whole thing about our inner lives, about our thought process is that so many times we can get trapped in that idea that like, oh, it's just, I just thought about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking. I'm just, it's not real. It's just this thought. It just, it just crossed my mind, you yeah. know? And that can be true. I mean, there are times I'm sure where you've had a terrible thought cross your mind. It's like, like, what was that? Where did that you come know? from? Like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know, like... <laughs> How did that happen? And yeah. I think that there are times where the enemy does, you know, as you were saying, where we think we're strong, you know, yeah. and then, you know, he's so crafty. He knows the different yeah. places to hit us. But also there is just a, you know, the Bible says to take captive every thought. And when you talk about vigilance, that's one of those things where when I read that, I'm always like, yeah, do it. How? You know what I mean? And so for, yeah. for me, it's like, 
the reason why I think it's so important is our minds lie to us all the time. Mm-hmm. Our minds tell us things that are not true all the time. And, um, you know, we, we often say that your feelings are valid, but your feelings aren't facts. And Mm -hmm. so there are times where I could feel like, you know, um, there, there are times where I might be walking down the hall and I say hi to somebody and they don't say hi back. And I go, Oh, that guy really hates me. He guy really is, you know, he, he really doesn't like me. I must've done something to offend him when he has his Bluetooth and he's on the phone, his wife just called his kids in the hospital and he's not thinking about anybody, you know, or the other thing is I do this all the time when I'm in a hurry on the road. Everybody who else is in there is a bad driver and a jerk for being in my way. Yeah. When somebody, when I'm just yeah. kind of cruising and somebody speeding and I'm like, oh, what an idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, it's just the way that we, our perspective can often change that. But I think what's yeah. so interesting is that our thought processes do lead us to action. Hmm. Um, Pastor John has a book called Life Healing Choices, and in it, he talks about relapse. And relapse is one of the scariest things that anybody in recovery has to kind of be on guard against, because you can put so much effort into growth. And this hmm. is just true for spiritual dis- uh, discipleship as well. You can put so much effort into growing and changing and becoming different, and then with one mistake, you go kind of hmm. start back at the starting process, yeah. and it can be really hard. Um, and so... The same thing is true in recovery. You can be putting together days and weeks of sobriety and whatever issue that looks like for you. And then, man, you know, you make one mistake and you're right back to the beginning. And mm. so, but what's interesting is a lot of people think relapse starts with, for, in my experience or in my area of recovery, with the drink. That, that's when I relapse. Mm. That's what, what Pastor John would call the catastrophe. Mm. But it starts three cycle or three steps back with confusion, mm. where all of a sudden I start thinking, was it really that bad? Was I mean, can I really not do that? And then we make compromises, you know? And so there's this whole cycle that gets us from this this place of everything's fine, I'm working my recovery, and then just a stray thought mm-hmm. can start you down that pathway. Again, maybe it's comparison. Maybe it's going to a ball game and seeing people. It's like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal or whatever yeah. that issue is. Or, oh, what's one? I, I, I can do Right, that's right, fine. exactly. Or that's been years. That. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, this guy's completely different than the last guy. Mm-hmm. Or this website's not as bad as the last one I used to. Or, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. spending money I don't have, but it's something I need. Yeah. Um, and th- and those things begin the process again, and and it starts with a thought. And so, yeah, the the internal processes we have, uh, they are they're 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 things we need to keep in mind, for lack of a better word, because they can lead us to action. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times people will say, well, thinking about robbing a bank and robbing a bank are not the same thing. And I would agree with that they're not the same sure. thing. You know, one one is a felony, and one yeah. is just you know a thought exercise, but. If every day you're thinking about robbing a bank and every time you go to a bank, you're thinking, this is how I'd rob it. And this is, you know, this is the people I would call to help me yeah. and this yeah. kind of stuff. You're, you're working yourself towards a decision yeah. and towards some action. Maybe you're never going to rob a bank, but mm. you might make a different choice than you would have made about something else. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden something, you know, it starts to kind of lead you down that pathway. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think so many times, especially when it comes to relationships, what I think you think of me is really different than what you sure. do. Yeah. And uh, so it just, it could get really, you know, the the lies our minds tell us, and that says nothing about mental health, where you may yeah. have different issues where the chemistry in your brain is telling you other lies. Right. So it can get really complicated. Yeah, it can. I think um, one of the ways that I heard this explained one time that I thought was, uh, for me, it was really insightful. I thought, whoa, I never saw it like that. What you're touching on here is kind of like the stuff that Jesus said about the law of Moses, where he would say, the law of Moses says you shouldn't murder. Mm-hmm. 
But he said, if I, if you've even called somebody an idiot in right. your heart, right. you've already murdered that person right. in this internal way, which is kind of like a mind blow. Like, how does that? Because it's kind of like, uh-uh. like, no, it's not. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. no, yeah. it's yeah. not. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> or, or the probably the more common one of, you know, if you even looked at a woman lustfully, you've right. already committed adultery with her in your heart. Right. Um, and I know we're blending heart and mind a little bit here, but I think this is an important distinction, but I heard somebody, this was actually at an HSM camp that I went to years ago when I was still a youth pastor. Uh, the speaker talked about the importance of of the heart and the mind and, and how our inner life is so influential, because kind of the question is, is along the lines of, why does God care right. what's happening in my mind? As long as I don't express that in the real world, yeah. who cares? Right. And, and one thing that he touched on, and he was referencing Jesus's words, is this idea that that those thoughts that we let go unrestrained represent the kind of person that we would be if there were no consequences. Yeah. Yeah. So if you removed being too afraid to do those things or being right. too afraid of the outcomes of those things or the consequences or being afraid that God would turn his back on you or being afraid of all these other external things, if it weren't for that stuff, just on the simple basis of is it right to do or wrong to right. do, those thoughts represent what you would become if there was nothing restraining you. And in that sense, it, it says kind of a lot about us. It sure. kind of says who we are in the rawest form, which kind of yeah. takes us to the next question, which is kind of a follow-up to this, because dealing with a thought life can be so sketchy because you're dealing with this completely unenforced territory. I think I heard Pastor Buddy call it the unenforced realms mm-hmm. of the mind mm-hmm. one time. And how what happens, it's kind of like the Vegas thing, like what happens in my mind stays in my mind sort of right. thing. But there are real implications to those of you have used touched, as you've touched on so far. So just why is mastery over the mind something that's so important for the believer to do? You've touched on it a little bit, but anything else yeah, you'd say on that? I think, you know, again, I think it's sort of, as you were talking, I was thinking about Paul talking about the flesh versus the spirit. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think, you know, and even like the metaphor of the mind and the heart, they're kind of, they're hard for me to separate. They are. You know, I mean, I think... So much of it just means the inside part of me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, my son Jimmy is—he's—he's uh, he's eight and he's awesome, but he's an eight-year-old boy, and so mm-hmm. uh, he was playing ball inside the house like boys are going to do. And my wife said, "Jimmy, don't play ball in the house," and then walked out of the room. And he kept playing ball in the house. And my mm-hmm. oldest daughter, who's the the rule keeper, she said, "Jimmy." Mom said, no, playing ball in the house. And he said, yeah, but she's not here right now, right? And so I think that that's sort of how we can be (laughs) in our minds. There's sort of this idea that, like, God's not watching. God's not looking right now. And and I think, I do think that there is a a danger as well when we talk about this of, like, wearing people out to the point where they're like, I can't live this lifestyle, Hmm. you know? And I think that it's it's a good thing to keep in mind that I have to guard my heart, I have to guard my mind, I have to take captive every thought, and then I have to know that Jesus died for that Hmm. at the end of the day as well, you know, that I'm gonna blow it, I'm gonna make a mistake, and and, and then, you know, starting that process again. Um, But to go back to it, I think, you know, guarding, one of the reasons why it's so important is that so if I'm feeding my flesh, Paul says I can't. I'm starving my spirit, yeah. and if I'm starving my spirit, if I'm feeding my my spirit, then I'm starving my flesh. Right. It's a it's a dependent relationship. You mm-hmm. can't do one without the other. And I think a lot of us, myself included, kind of want to feed a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read my Bible, and then I'm going to watch a TV show that really probably I should. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, but I'm going to pray after I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm going to I'm going to you know listen to some music or do something. And you know I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say any one show or any one genre or anything like that is a bad thing. I think yeah. that's an individual decision that one has to make. But I do think that it's like everything has a cost. Yeah. And if I'm not feeding my my spirit, 
I'm starving it. It's not that I'm just like leaving it where it's at. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I built up my spirit this much and then I'm going to leave it alone for a while, but it'll be here when I get back. It's like, yeah. no, it's going to starve yeah. and it's going to be worse off than it was before. And so I think that there's this whole idea of like, I have to guard the thoughts that come in my head because it's, it, maybe I'm not going to act out on them. Maybe it's just going to become a light, uh, an inside thing. But think about, think about the things that go on through your mind if you're not aware, if you're not taking captive every thought. Just think of the thoughts that happen when, you, when you're driving down the street or when you're walking through the mm. mall or when you're you know, just sort of laying in bed at night um, when the lights are off, it's dark and no one else is around. Those thoughts mm. that go through your head, I don't know about you guys, but I call myself names that I would never call anybody mm. in public. I would never call anybody I even sort of liked or even somebody that I hated. I yeah. wouldn't call them the things that I call myself. Mm. Every time I blow it, gosh, you're a loser, you're a failure, mm. you're always gonna be this way, you yeah. suck at this, you're never gonna grow, are you always gonna be this person? And it's like, I would never say that yeah. to anybody yeah. that I cared about. You right. know, like if you, if you if you were struggling with something and you came and said, Johnny, I blew it again. I'm like, okay, pick up, let's go, yeah. let's do this. You got it, you know? Yeah. But inside, well, that doesn't do good things for me. Right. Does that, you know, I mean, think about, think about, you know, sports or athletics or whatever you want to talk about. Coaches that are always bringing people down. They might motivate for a short term, but there's got to be that encouragement. The Bible yeah. says encourage one another daily, right? Yeah. That starts inside. Yeah. I, I have to go, hey, look, there are parts of me that are broken. There are parts of me that aren't. I'm not who I want to be, mm. but I'm also not who I used to be. Yeah. So, so some of the things that we call ourselves, some of the things that we allow ourselves to kind of process and think about can have long-lasting implications if we're not careful about yeah. it as well. How we relate to other people, how we allow people to treat us. If I think mm. I'm a loser, I'm going to let you treat me like a loser because that's yeah. all I deserve anyway. Mm. You know, instead of, you know, saying, well, no, I, I, I'm not good at this, but that doesn't right. define who I am. Right. So I, I think that there are, there are keys to being, you know, being thoughtful and being mindful of the things that are going on in your mind. And I think if nothing else, just like you were saying, Doug, to kind of say like, wow, that's an interesting thought process yeah. I just allowed myself to go down. <laughs> yeah. Huh, do, do I only not do that because I'm mm. married? Do I only not mm. do that because I'm saved? Do I, or mm. do I know that there's some inherent wrongness yeah. in those things? Um, and, then, and then again, what do I do when, I, when I've caught it? You know, yeah. if, if I haven't been taken captive every thought, if I've been allowing my mind to wa to wander and to fantasize or to, mm. you know, and I, I don't even mean that in just one way, but, you know, maybe it's, yeah. oh, this is what I would do if I had a better job. This is what I would do if I won the lottery. This is what mm. I, you know, and it's sort of like. If this idiot wasn't in my life. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. This is what yeah. I would do if I didn't, whatever, you know, <clears throat> or this is what I would do if this happened to me. Right. Um, or there's another side of this too, is the worry side of it. The Bible says over and over and over again, don't worry. Mm. Over and over and over again. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. But I'm a I'm an anxiety ridden person, and I worry. And I right. remember Pastor Rick would say, "Worry is a form of trust of not trusting God enough." And I could mm. I'd be sitting in our church, and I'd just be fuming. <laughs> I'd just be like, "You don't know what it's like," you know. And so, uh, and I'd be like, "If if if I'm shaped this way, this is a part of my shape," you know. And so, um, classic. Yeah, yeah. But but later on, what I learned was. It's actually true. Yeah. Now, there might be things going on in my mind that are making it harder for me not to worry, but that doesn't give me a free pass. Mm. That doesn't say, well, then go ahead and be anxiety-ridden and yeah. don't learn how to change. Jesus said, don't worry. Yeah. And, but I had to learn how not to worry. Mm -hmm. So when I worry, I have, to, I have to say, well, hold on, wait a second. Mm. This is 
that's tomorrow. We have a phrase in recovery, live one day at a time. Hmm. And in, in Matthew, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough troubles of its own. Yeah. And so I will do, I call it future casting. So I'll start going, okay, today I got, I got this taken care of today, but what if tomorrow <laughs> this doesn't work out? Or yeah. what if tomorrow this person calls back and they want to yell at me more? Or what if tomorrow, and I literally have to stop myself and I have to say one day at a time, hmm. normally out loud. I have to say yeah. it out loud. I have to say one day at a time and it sort of like <laughs> yeah. gets me out of it, you know? And um, yeah, there's a cognitive behavioral therapy kind yeah. of tied into there, you know? But I think the idea being, and my kids do this, my, my daughter will say, well, what if? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, hold on. <laughs> Never say that. Yeah, we're not, we're not <laughs> yeah. there yet. We're not there yeah. yet. Let's get through today. Let's get through today. And I'm, right. even though I'm doing the same thing, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to model differences for them. Yes. Because again, in some ways, that's taking captive every thought. And it's mm -hmm. reminding myself that God will be there tomorrow. Yeah it's, yeah, it's 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 choosing to focus back on truth, you know, on the truths of God. Yeah. Because as we enter that period of worry and fret and all this stuff, it's you know, is there is a truth that you are not believing in at that time? Right. Sure. So yeah. It's going back to that and be like, okay, what am I choosing? Am I not believing right now? Right. And how do I need to choose to believe God? Yeah. In Scripture, over my fears. I love that because I think that so many times it's well, I think. Yeah. Well, I see, I see this as a thing, and mm. we forget to go to God's. I mean, I got the verse tattooed on my arm because <laughs> I needed to remember not to worry. You know what I mean? I needed. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's just like it's perfect for your elbow. Yeah, like, yeah, because it, yeah, it, like, it hurts. I can't get it. It hurts down. really bad there too. By the way, uh. um, don't get tattoos. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I uh, I. I need I need constant reminders not to worry. We have yeah. little you know three by five cards all over our house with mm. Philippians four six. Don't worry about anything. And yeah. it's it's sort of like when my kids start to worry, I go, well, what do we do when we worry? We pray. Okay, so mm. you know we start that. But I have to have visual reminders of that. Yeah, I have to I have to remember this whole idea. You know, and uh, one one of the things we have in recovery is sponsors. And there, there are people who have been in recovery longer than us that help us. And my sponsor's name is Mac. And Mac is the closest thing to a living, breathing Bible that I've ever met in my life, hmm. where he just, it's a part of who he is. So cool. And some people will quote scripture, and you're kind of like, okay, we get it. You've read the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. But yeah. Mac quotes scripture, and it just kind of flows yeah. out of him. And he's the kind of guy that I'll call, and I'll say, Mac, I'm really stressed out about this. And he'll just say, you know, he'll just say, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. You know, he'll mm -hmm. just remind me in this way. And I really want that for my kids. Yeah. Because so many times, as you were saying, we focus on the lies of the world or or that's even maybe harsher than it needs to be, yeah. just sort Our of the own. opinion of the world. Yeah. And we forget to focus on the truth of the Bible. And so many times it's like the Bible is completely opposite of what our culture mm -hmm. says or completely opposite of what our news coverage says or what our fears say. But we spend so much time there and one thing I wrestle with is this daily checklist of, okay, I read my Bible, moving on. Hmm. Instead of saying, yeah, I did it, I did it, I checked, yeah. I checked the box. And you know, so many times I'm, I'll say, just read, your, just read one chapter of the Bible a day, just, just start the habit, 15 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. And I think for people who haven't spent any time in the Bible, that's a really great idea. Hey, just start. just yeah. spend a couple minutes reading, read a Bible verse, call somebody and say, I don't know what this means, you know, whatever yeah. it is, pick up a Bible. And, you know, I tell people all the time, if you haven't ever read the Bible, just start in the New Testament, read about Jesus. Yeah. You know, you'll, you catch up on the other stuff later. Yeah. But if all you do for a really long time is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, but when you've been a Christian a long time, it shouldn't be, okay, good. I, I did. I read my three verses. I, I clicked off my, 
you know, one year Did Bible my reading, plan. reading click, and, click, and, and, yeah. and I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good. Thanks God. I spent that five minutes kind of absolutely mindly reading because it was in numbers and I don't really, okay, this person, <laughs> yeah. got this person, great, next. But the reality of it is, I, if I'm going to be clicking on Facebook, if I'm going to be watching the news, if I'm going to be, you know, checking out all these other sources, I, I should be, and I say should be because I'm not, mm. but I should be spending that much time checking in on what God thinks about me yeah. and what God says about the world. And mm. I think so. one thing that I see as a danger for younger Christians is that we have the ability to... Uh, and, and I say we, meaning you, younger Christians, because I'm not as <laughs> yeah. young, but have the ability to say, well, culture says this, and I think this, and I mm. know this is in opposition to what the Bible says, mm. but I guess the Bible must be wrong. Mm. And I guess God's... I guess the Bible hasn't caught up. Yeah, yeah exactly. God, God hasn't caught up to times. what's happening now. And regardless of what that issue is, I think it's important to at least measure that against scripture, yeah. at least go to scripture. And there are tough parts of scripture that are really hard to understand or to wrap your mind yeah. around that take a long time. And that's why I think it's so important to have other people in our lives that can speak into our lives. Or I can say, Jason, I don't get this. What does this mean? And you can say, oh, well, I don't really know, but this is what I think it means. Or you, you know yeah. what I mean? I can speak into that. Uh, one of the dangers of being in your own head and thinking your own thoughts and not weighing those against other sources is that there's no one to tell you you're wrong. Right, And if I say, hey, Doug, I'm feeling this way or I'm thinking this thing, do you mm. think I should do that? You can say, what are you, what? Yeah. No, I shouldn't <laughs> do that. What are you talking about? You know, and if, yeah. you know, when we have, when we measure them against other people, it, you know, that's why sponsors in recovery is so important. I can call Mac and I can say, hey, Mac, I'm feeling like I should go do this. And you can go, what? Shut up. <laughs> Don't do that. You know, that's stupid. You know, he's much, yeah. much nicer than that. But, you know, in, yeah. in, 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 that doesn't sound like a scripture quote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. He does. He does. Yeah. We've been friends a long time. But, but I think that there's this idea that if I think it, it's got to be true. If I mm. think it, it's got to be, you know, and I think uh, it's so hard or it can be so hard to decide what's my thought, what's a thought, what's a word from God, mm. what's a temptation from Satan. Like it's all happening here. There's no, yeah. there's no like red light that goes. This one's coming from Satan. There's yeah, no, you know what I mean. Like right. it's all here, and if all of those things, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. message yeah. from yeah. Satan himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bing. Um, yeah, different ring alert, <laughs> ring total alert. Yeah. yeah, but I think those things are. It's hard, and there's no, there's, it can be hard to to figure out. Like, oh, hmm. that one's an old thought from an old person I used to be. The Bible says that I'm a new person, and this thought is an old thought. Yeah. Oh, that's a flesh thought. Oh, that's a good thought. That's a God thought. Hmm. Oh, that's a, you know, that's the burrito I ate today. That's right. a temptation, whatever it is. Because if you don't, so if I try to do that all myself, if I try to do that all inside, if I'm, if I'm the only person responsible for my thoughts hmm. that's helping me figure those things out, I'm at danger. Yeah. But if I say, hey, Doug, I feel like God's telling me that I need to leave my wife Mm. And go start a new ministry in the desert of Arizona. You'll go. I'll say, let me wind up my slapping. Yeah, hand. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you're gonna go. You're gonna go. That, God wouldn't tell you to do that. Yeah. That goes ag directly against God's word. Right. So that either is something you're thinking, or something, or a temptation from the devil, or something like yeah. that. But it's not God. Yeah. But if I just, if I just, well, I. Left to your own, yeah. Left to my processes. own thought yeah. process. Yeah. I can, if you know, if my wife and I are fighting a lot, or if whatever's happening, yeah. and uh, that may be a way out there. Yeah, you know, uh, illustration. But at the same time, I think people do that all the time. I feel like God's yeah. calling me to, God wants me to take this job. Okay, well, maybe he does. Yeah. But maybe God just wants you to 
honor him in whatever you're doing. And he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't, you know, it's like when athletes are, you know, like God helped us win. I don't think yeah. he did. I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't think he bet. You know, I mean, God's football team is obviously the Packers. So yeah. the, we just get that straight, but the rest of them, he doesn't care. But, but I think, you know, there's, you know, if we don't, if we don't have other sources, the Bible and other Christians, right. and by the way, it's got to be other Christians. It can't yeah. be people who have different. Oh, that's so I- I- exclusive, mm-hmm. and it's so judgmental. It's not judgmental. Right. This is the this is the moral code that I've decided to live by. I need to measure it with other people who have that same compass. Right. I need to say, hey, does this seem like the God that we know yeah. will be telling me this? No? Okay, thanks for that input. That helped me right. get back on the right track. Uh, or yeah, that, that does sound like something God would be saying. You yeah, know, let's hey, pray about that. Let's, let's pray see, about yeah. that. Let's yeah. see where he goes to the next thing. You know, right. And again, that happened when I got called into ministry. I remember I came home from work and I told my wife, after a few months of kind of wrestling with this, because I just didn't want it to happen. I said, hey, I think I'm supposed to get into ministry. And she's pregnant at this time. I had just gotten a promotion that allowed her to stay home. She's like, that's a satanic thought. Yeah, and, she, and, and I'm expecting- We can't afford that. Yeah. And I'm expecting and kind of hoping she's gonna say, mm, yeah. I don't think so. And she goes, great, what do we do next? And I was like, no, no, yeah. you're supposed to say no. And so I went like, to- Let's try that again. Yeah. I went to one of my really good friends who's actually a pastor on our staff here. And mm-hmm. I said, hey bud, I'm feeling like I need to get into ministry. And I remember we were at Foundations, you know. Nice. And I, I, pulled, yeah. I pulled him out. I said, hey, I can't I can't concentrate on what Pastor Tom was saying. Will you come out and talk to me? Forget the Trinity. We yeah, can talk exactly. about my He's ministry. Like, oh, that, yeah. I'll be there tomorrow. Uh, and so I, we went outside and I said, hey, I'm feeling like God's calling me into ministry. And wanting him to say, dude, I, I know Count you. the cost, man. I know, yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. I know where you were. No. And he said, great, what do you do next? Mm. Same exact thing that my wife said. So then sitting at Ruby's in Santa Margarita, the restaurant, you know, I don't even know if it's there, it's anymore. there anymore. Yeah, but my, my parents... <laughs> don't try to go. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Johnny had Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which booth? Yeah. yeah. But but I, I could tell you if it was still there, I could yeah. walk you to the booth. My parents, my wife and I are sitting there having a conversation, just one of those conversation, you know, those nothing conversations. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, I can't, I can't have small talk. I'm wrestling with something. And I lay out this idea that God's calling me into ministry. Mm-hmm. And I look at my mom and I go, mom, I can tell you don't think this is a good idea. And she goes, what? Because <laughs> I'm thinking it's about time. And so <laughs> yeah. a person, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But person after person came to me and said, I feel like this is actually God talking to you. Yeah. Left to my own devices, I probably could have made that go away. I probably could have just said, right. no, I'm on a path. I've got a really good job I and had it go away. Yeah. And so... And there's been other. There's been the opposite reaction to that as well. I don't think that's God. Right. I don't. I don't think. I think that's coming from you. You know. Yeah. I, I. I remember a time where I really was getting excited about something. And I told my wife about it. She's like, mm, hmm. I think that's your. I think that's your yeah. pride. You know. I yeah. don't think that's God. I think that's you. And I remember getting really mad at her like, about <coughs> it. Yeah, how I was like, dare how dare you? I am the most <laughs> humble man I've, you've ever met in your life. And I went, I went and I prayed about it. And about an hour later, it was like, oh, darn it. Yeah. Like most things, she's right again. <laughs> yeah. And I have to go apologize again. Yeah. But thank God, she saved me from a failure. Yeah. Because I was thinking about something. I was getting a lot of strokes, a lot of pats on the back in this one area. And I thought, oh, yeah. maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. And she's yeah. like, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. so. So I'm, I'm, I heard you say a couple things there. One, one is, being vigilant about the mind and starting to become conscious of what's happening up here isn't a new opportunity for you to beat up on yourself and and think of how horrible you are. Because that, once you become focused on the mind, you can kind of start realizing, whoa, there's a lot of bonkers stuff happening up yeah. here. And it can open up open you up to a whole new realm of like 
self-deprecation, you know, where you're like, like, what a filthy person I am. Yeah. So this is, and, and I love what you said about, you know, just just thinking about today, just living one day at a time. And think, so what came to mind for me is just thinking proactively and productively mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. our mind, just thinking about, not about how messed up we are, because as you said, Christ died for that, right. and and that's all covered. But how do we think about next steps for us? You know, and then I love what you said about just getting help from people. Yeah, because once you start once you start letting people into what's going on in your head, it gives you a new footing to deal with those issues and a new just a whole new set of eyes. Yeah. You know, I think your mind is almost like a room. You know, like like a bedroom. <laughs> like as a teenager, you have like a smelly room. You know, and you right. lose your sense of smell. <laughs> like right. you lose your yeah. sense of how bad that is. And then your mom yeah. walks in and goes. It what? stinks in here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you let somebody else into that space and it gives you a new nose for what's going right. on yeah, in I your agree. head. <laughs> no, I think, I great think, analogy, yeah, Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. It makes me want to go clean up my room. Yeah. Um, but I do, think there, I do think there is a sense of like, I can get so... We, in recovery, we have this thing. I'm in my head. Yeah. And it's, it means I'm allowing all this other stuff to dictate how I feel and dictate what I do and dictate yeah. where I go. And it's dangerous. It's really dangerous yeah. to be there. But just like anything, you know, this is called doable discipleship. Right. Taking the thoughts captive in your mind is a discipleship issue. It's yeah. going to take time and growth. And I think that's right. one of the things that happens a lot, I notice, is people come to Christ or they come to recovery or they start going to church again, and they go, mm. I want to be me in 20 years. Hmm. I want to be the mature Christian. I want to be the mature. I want to be the guy who's been in recovery for a long time. I want to be, I want to be, I want to fast forward to the guy yeah. who's memorized a lot of scripture. I want that in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I say, I say yeah. discipleship is not a microwave. It's a crock pot. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time to get there. That's same good. recovery is the same way. You're, you mm-hmm. didn't get your hurts, hangups, and habits didn't develop overnight. They're not going to go away overnight. Yeah. If you're somebody who is, allowed your mind to run and not taken captive every thought, it's not going to happen today. Yeah. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen a little bit at a time. You're going to remember, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to take captive every thought. You're going to yeah. do a good job for 20 minutes or 10 minutes. And then it's going to, you're going to, it's going to, it's, it's going to fall off the rails. Again. Yeah. And it's sort of in some ways, you know, we're talking about, you know, spirit or mental jujitsu or any kind of training. If I walked into a jujitsu gym today, I would get my tail kicked up and down that gym <laughs> by every person in the gym. Yeah. For the next few months, that's going to happen. Right. After a while, I'm going to get a little bit better. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I, did, I got out of that hold. I didn't tap. I, yeah. I figured that out. Oh, I, I actually tapped somebody else. Wow. Yeah. But it's going to take time. You can't walk into the gym the first day and go, I'm going to rule this place, yeah. having never trained in any jujitsu. You're just, it's just not going to happen. Although I I'm think, sure they love people like that because oh, they know they're just going to tie you up in knots. Say, they, I think they can <laughs> smell you coming. They, they, you oh, you will, will you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you shut your door to your car and people are like, fresh <laughs> meat, you know? <laughs> so, but I think there's this idea that, like, <clears throat> but spiritually, I said this prayer, I said these words. Now I should be, <clears throat> I should be this guy. This, you know, this guy, you know, in a fancy study somewhere who understands all of the truth about spirituality, all mm. of the truth about Jesus. And it's like, no, that's not, it's yeah. not going to happen that way. It's going right. to take time. Yeah. So breaking it down to those bite-sized chunks of saying, today, I'm going to mm. really work hard at taking captive every thought. I think a, a good place to go for this is Philippians 4, 8, where it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble. Because yeah. I think so many times it's like, well, what do I do then? Mm. What do I, do? What, how, how do I do this? How do I think? If I can't right. think about this, what do I think about? So there's a checklist of these things and it seems really hard yeah. because we live in a world where we don't see what's true and lovely and pure and noble and excellent mm. and praiseworthy on the news. We right. don't see that 
you know, and yeah. you know, no, no matter how hard I try to impress you through Instagram and Facebook, yeah. you're not going to get that externally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so it's gotta be, it's gotta be training. It's gotta mm-hmm. be, okay. I'm, I'm thinking about this. That's not true. What is yeah. true? Yeah. This is true. Okay. I'm thinking about this. This isn't excellent. What is excellent? Mm-hmm. This. And one, one tool I love is uh, I'm a pen and paper guy. I love to take notes and, and all that kind of stuff. And I have in a, a journal, I have a gratitude list. And what I've done is I, I add one thing every day. I decided I wasn't just going to write all the things I'm grateful for on day mm-hmm. one, even though I could have written, you know, yeah, 10, 15, time. 20 things, yeah. but I wanted, I want it to be something I go back to every day yeah. and I write down, because what am I going to do? I'm going to read all those things I've, I've already written down mm-hmm. and I'm going to add something new. Now, once mm-hmm. you get past my family, my health, yeah. my job, <clears throat> you know, my... All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you're sort of like, oh, what else am I grateful for? And it's a great thought exercise because yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, ooh, I'm not a very grateful person. Yeah. Like, I take a lot for granted. Right. And all of a sudden, you go, well, you know what? I am thankful for pizza. Pizza's delicious. You know, and so you write, so maybe you write down something like that. And it's silly that day. But having that thing for me, what it's done is when I'm having a bad day and I'm having a day where I'm feeling sorry for mm. myself or I'm feeling like I don't have what I want or I'm comparing myself to something else, I can go to that list and I can read it. And it helps me see all the things that God has done for me. Yeah. And um, all the things I have that are good. It's sort of a reset button mm. of those to kind of help me remember what's true. Right. You know? And so um, I think that there are, there are ways that when, like you said, going to other people, having people kind of come into that mess and say, what's going on here? It's important. Yeah, It's important to do because I think when I try to think it's all up to me, it's me and God. Mm-hmm. And I've got, this, I've got the armor of God on and we'll be fine. It's like, well, I need other people. Yeah. You know, one, one person is, is not as strong as an army of people. Yeah. You know. Especially when we know that God loves to speak to us through the people around us. Sometimes God will reserve a message and, and only deliver it through those around us. Sometimes it just won't come internally. You know, some of the most important messages that God has ever communicated to me, the moments in my life where I can look back and go, God was telling me to do something in that moment, it always came through somebody around me. I love through that. someone who loved God and loved me, yeah. meeting the criteria that you said yeah. earlier. One of my favorite things is when people come to church here at Saddleback, and they'll go, you'll hear their story later on. You're baptizing them, or you're talking to them, or something like that, and they go, oh, the first time I came to Saddleback, it just felt like Rick was talking right to yeah. me. And it's like... <laughs> That happens literally every week. Constantly. Yeah. Every week, whether it's Tom, <clears throat> Buddy, Tommy, Rick, a guest speaker, mm. somebody will come to church. And I'm sure it happens in churches all over the world. Sure, where somebody sure. comes to church and they go, that message was just for me. I love mm. hearing that because it wasn't. It mm. wasn't just for that person. Right. It was for all of us. But God used whatever that pastor said that day yeah. to get to tear through all that stuff and get right to the core of that person. Yeah. I get goosebumps thinking about that. Yeah. That it you're right. It is so cool when it's like, I've read that verse a hundred times. But when you quoted it or you talked about it or yeah. you used it in a message or you just said, yeah, Oh, I was, Yeah, I just read this. I was reading this this morning. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I go, I never thought about that. That yeah. is really cool. You <laughs> yeah. know, there's uh you're right. I think that having other people to come in and just say, you know, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is what I think God wants for you. You right. know, and I, I, I do think you need to be careful with that. I've had that used on me manipulatively oh, in yeah. the past, where I've had, oh, yeah. I've literally had somebody say to me, "I know God's will for your life." Yeah, make sure that's not that codependent relationship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So be careful for that. Yeah. Ju- you know, again, weigh that against what God's word says. Weigh that against what um, yeah. other people say as well. And um, I, I, you know, I, I think you can really yeah. grow from those things I think as so well. Too. I want to bring this back to the gardening 
a metaphor because I think that idea is, is it, it plays through this whole thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of it is, is you don't start knowing how to garden like the perfect form of, of gardener who knows everything about how to make yeah. plants grow. Yeah. So you know you may start out and you're trying and you're like, huh, some bugs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or I don't know what these green things are that are growing up around it, but it looks pretty. Okay, I'll leave that. Or hey, a cute rabbit. Like, okay, right, like right. I'll leave them. <laughs> right. So yeah. it takes other people, you know, who have done it, and knowledge to say, hey, those. That's not good. That's not something you want to be there. Yeah. And I think mm. that's a big part of this. And I, you know, as we've gone through this conversation, I feel like one of the big things to take away, or that I've taken away from this, is the idea of. Uh, of bringing in other people who you know who, who know who who have walked with God for you know a seat you know a long time yeah, yeah. And, and and let them speak into your life and just ask them these questions be like hey I, I was thinking about this like is this you know they can say like yeah that's great you know that's that's in scripture or no it's not yeah so it's always it's it's good to enter this into this place of, of being humble yeah and saying I'm not meant to do this alone right yeah you know I don't know everything you know. Even the stuff that goes on in my mind, like I don't want to just proclaim I have control over this, or, or I know it, I know what's bad, I know what's good. Right. Talk with people about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, I think you know when you when you were talking about that, I was thinking one thing I do a lot. Like if I'm going to start a garden, yeah. What's one of the first things I do is I go to Google and yeah, I go, how yeah, how do I garden? <clears throat> you know, and how do I create life? Yeah, there, there will be there will be. There will be blogs and YouTube videos and yeah. podcasts yeah. and all kinds of things on how to garden. Yeah. If I want to, you know, I mean, <clears throat> think of the most banal, silly thing. You Google how to, and you'll find people who have written blogs about it, yeah. you know? And I think one of the things about that is we don't do that for things that are, are I'm mm-hmm. struggling with. We don't do that for ideas that I have, because it's my idea. It's my yeah. thought. Of course I know what's best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's really important to include other people because, you know, uh, like a lot of times we'll say, you know, your body doesn't belong to you. Christ died for it, paid Mm -hmm. a big price for it. Right. So your body actually doesn't belong to you anymore. Well, the mind is the same way. It's part of you, you know, and and Christ died for that to redeem Mm -hmm. that and, and to use that. And I think, you know, we'll talk about using your abilities for other people, using your talents for other people. Well, your thoughts are no different, you know? And I think it's all this part of this this holistic person that you are, right. that I am, and saying, no, I, I need I need other people to come into here and tell me when I'm blowing it. Yeah. I, but I also need other people to come in and tell me when I'm doing good. Right. One of the things that's so important about accountability is it can't just be, I'm gonna hold you accountable for all the times you're blowing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta yeah. be like- It's just a purely- Yeah, it's like every time <laughs> I, if, if that was true, if you saw me walking in the hall, you'd be like, I'm out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't cause I don't want him to tell me all the, he, yeah. he, he speaks truth in my life, but he's always a jerk about it, yeah. you know? Like there needs to be some, hey, you're really growing in that area. You're really yeah. changing that area. Cause I might not see it. I might not see the change that I used, that I've been having, you know. And one thing that we talk about in recovery is you got to celebrate the victories. We call mm. it celebrate recovery yeah. for a reason. It's not complain about recovery. It's not moan <laughs> yeah. about recovery. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, endure recovery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's celebrate recovery. Why? Because it's worth celebrating. Yeah. As I grow closer to Jesus, as I get so sober, as I move past some hurts, hangups, and habits, as the things in my past start to fall away and keep me from running the race that God has in front of me. 
that's worth celebrating. Yeah. You know, if I struggle with anger and I'm driving down the freeway and somebody cuts me off and I wave with all five fingers instead of one, that's yeah. <laughs> worth celebrating. That's a yeah. change. Yes. But I might not even see some of those things. Right. So having somebody else come in and go, hey, you know, when we just got cut in line in Starbucks and you just said, hey, go ahead. <laughs> and you didn't yell. Yeah. That's, that was a win. That's, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah like, like, and I wouldn't see it that way probably. I might yeah. just go, I just figured it wasn't worth getting mad about. But three weeks ago, you would have read that guy the right, you would have <laughs> yeah. sent him to the back of the line, you would have, yeah. cops would have been called, you know, this whole thing. <laughs> that's a big victory. Yeah. Or, you know, you were alone in the house and you didn't look at uh, inappropriate images online. That's yeah. a big victory, Yeah, you know? And so I, there, there are things that other people with access can help you see the truth as well as the lies. They can yeah. help you see the good as well as the bad. And I think yeah. that's an important thing too. That's good. Celebrate those incremental steps. Right. One thing we say on the maturity team is that those those incremental steps add up over time. You know, 100%. those little tiny steps turn into quarter miles, you know, and miles. And that's actually what spiritual maturity is. Right. It's it's I'm not where I was yesterday. Yeah. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm closer. Yeah. I'm I'm on the you know I got running shoes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm doing, I'm <laughs> yeah. doing the stuff I need to do. Right. Um, and I think that's really important. And recognize that God celebrates those things with you. God loves to see His kids have little victories. You know, even as small as they may be, if they're in the right direction, and if they draw us more deeply into relationship yeah. with Him. Yeah, I mean, God, God loves to be called our Father. Mm. And a lot of people had really bad relationships with their dads. Mm. And so I think that that sometimes can cloud the way we see God, yeah. is if we see God our father like our earthly father. But it's so important to separate that because mm. I'm a dad and I'm not a good one. I'm just a dad. You know what I mean? I've got all kinds of mistakes. I, I blow it, all that kind of stuff. But I love my kids. Mm. I love them. I, I, you know, no dad has ever loved their kids as much as I love mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure every dad feels that way, but yeah. I certainly do. When my kids have a victory, I don't go, well, I mean, it wasn't the NBA championships, so let's not get carried away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, when- It wasn't that impressive. Right, when, when my kids get an A on a paper, I celebrate that. Yeah. I, I don't say, mm, it's not an A plus, yeah. so good try, I guess. You know, yeah. whatever it is. And so I think that there's this idea that like, why would God be any different? Yeah. Why would God be any different yeah. of being proud of us when we- and excited for us when we right. grow. I don't think that he's going, I mean, Doug, that was good, but. <laughs> oh, mean, we got a long way to go, wasn't, man. <laughs> wasn't, as, wasn't as impressive as I would have liked to see. And yeah. I feel like you should be further along, you know, or, yeah. you know, you know, if, if my son gets an A on a paper, I don't go, well, your handwriting's really messy. You know what I mean? And so I think <laughs> right. there are, no, that, that does mean I, I might discipline him if he got an F on a paper right. I, I, because I love him and I don't sure. want to see him stuck in the same way. But I just think sometimes we give God less credit than we give people in our lives. Yeah. Right. And God is the, you know, God is our perfect father who loves us with a perfect love mm. that I do not understand and have no hope of understanding. Yeah. But I know what it means to love. I know what it means to be loved. And so if God's the perfect embodiment of that, I can at least go, oh, okay, it's even better than that. Right. It's even stronger than that. And I think sometimes we're so afraid as God is our judge, God has this great, you know, buzzkill in the sky who's just waiting for us to to fail so he can, yeah. you know, shake his head in disappointment. And I think he's just like, come on, you yeah. can do it. Yeah. You got this. He's yeah. yeah, he's going, you got this. You can yeah. do it. I gave you, I've given you gifts. I've given you people. I've given you my word. I've given you my love and my spirit resides within you. Hmm. Like you are well equipped for growth and change and victory. Yeah. And when we have a little victory, I don't think he's going, 
Okay. Maybe, maybe next time. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, you didn't you didn't slay all the giants yeah. in your life <laughs> yeah. in one day. So I guess you know, gold star. You know, I think <laughs> yeah. he really. I think he gets excited for us. And yeah. I think he's like, look what he did. He did it. He, you know, he didn't. He didn't act out the way he used to, or he yeah. didn't get angry the way he used to. Or she didn't spend money that she used to spend. Or yeah, those are those are big victories. Yeah. And and I think a little day by day. Again, one day at a time. Twenty four hour period at a time. You put seven one days at a time. That's a week. Yeah. You put, you know, 30 one days at a time, that's a month. 365 one day at a time together is a year. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you look back and you go, I've done that for a year. Yeah. I've run every day for a year for, mm -hmm. our, for our race metaphor. If you run every day for a year, you're running further and faster than you did on day one. Yeah. You even not... if you missed and screwed up a few days, yeah. you're still better off than 100%. you started. 100%. And, and what happens is you go... I don't feel like running today, but I've done all those other days. Yeah. So guess what? I'm going to get out there and run because I know how I'm going to feel when I'm done. I know yeah. what's going to happen if I don't, whatever the thing is. Yeah. The snowball grows. Yeah, yeah. And so it grows and you get stronger and stronger and stronger. Other people come and run, run us beside you, or you encourage other people to start their own running. And all yeah. of a sudden you're like leading other people because you're yeah. the guy who's been doing this for a while. Yeah. There's just, I mean, it you have works. No clue for a how reason. God can do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and God's going. Ah, this is all it. It's all part of this. You yeah. know, so it's yeah. exciting. I love it. Well, we're running out of time, but I want to. I want to hear one last thing from you. Do you have any uh, books that come to mind that you've read in the past that might help people kind of just gain some some dominion yeah. over their mind? Totally. I heard you uh, earlier talking about uh, my utmost for his highest. I think that's a great. I think devotionals in general are a great way mm -hmm. to kind of start. But I think that is a classic. I think celebration of discipline. Hmm. is a great book. Yeah. Um, and I think just sort of the idea, again, celebrating those things that sometimes we look at and we go, oh, tithing. Yeah. You know, if we could turn that around into a celebration, that's really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got to plug all the Celebrate Recovery material. Let it happen. You know, I think if you, um, Life Selling uh, yeah, Choices, which is um, uh, Pastor John's book, which mm. is sort of a, a beginner's guide to Celebrate Recovery. It'll take you through the eight choices. Um, I think that's a great way to start. And then I'm actually reading a book currently um, by uh, Hosanna Poetry, who is hmm. a spoken word artist. Oh, yeah, she has she's a, great. Yeah, she has a new book called um, I Have a New Name, and mm. it's all about the identity you name yourself and that you allow other people to speak into. Um, mm. So that's a great that's a great book, too. Does she do that? Is there an audio version of that? Yeah, she has. Because I know she, I, I yeah. That'd be, a cool way to be. that'd be the best yeah. audible ever. She has <laughs> yeah. a spoken word piece that goes along with it, but then the cool. book is like expanding on it. She's a great, she's a great girl. Oh, those are great recommendations. We'll link to those in the show notes great. as well so people can check those out. Great. Johnny, thanks for being here, Hey, thanks for having me. This is really great. Love it. Everybody, thanks for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.